Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Good morning, everyone. Jennifer LeClaire here with you, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer Global Movement. This is Mornings with the Holy Spirit, listening daily, pressing in daily, fighting for you daily right here on this broadcast. I'm so honored that you would join me. Listen, I'm in South Florida. We have a global prayer movement called Awakening Prayer Hubs, 250 prayer hubs in 24 nations, and we're praying. We're praying for our cities. Go find out about that at awakeningprayerhubs.com. Dot com. Join the movement. Start a hub. Find a hub. But get about your father's business. What is your father's business? One of the most important aspects of kingdom life in this season, and I believe until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe it always has been actually, is prayer. Intercession. Pushing back the darkness. Praying that God's will be done and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I'm looking for a thousand prayer warriors to raise up as prayer Leaders, go over there to Awakening House, AwakeningPrayerHubs.com. Now, if you're in the region, I'm in South Florida. Come on over. We are blowing it up on Sundays. I mean, it is getting better all the time. We have two opportunities on Sunday. 10.47 a.m. is our traditional church service. The worship is spectacular. My, 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 my. The second service is School of the Spirit at Awakening House of Prayer. We also have worship off the charts but I'm teaching some of the deeper things of God that most churches don't teach on a Sunday morning. So come on over, 10.47 a.m., 1.30 p.m., prayer, Monday night, 6 p.m., prayer, Friday night, what is it? 7 p.m., amen? Let's get started today. I'm reading from Mornings with the Holy Spirit, listening daily to the still, small voice of God. And today's devotion is titled, Forget what lies behind. Forget what lies behind. And here's what I heard the Lord say. It's a new day. Forget what lies behind and press on to what Jesus has for you. Don't let your mind wander to the people and places of the past, no matter how good or how bad. 
If you try to move forward while looking back, you will stumble, says the Lord. You will stumble over frustration, either because things didn't go the way you hoped or because your current circumstances do not live up to those of your past. Don't look back, says God. Stay focused on your mission in Christ. He will take care of the past, present, and future if you keep your mind stayed on him, says the Spirit of the living God. Come on, that's a good word. I don't care where you're from. Today's scripture references Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Isaiah 43, 19, and Ephesians 2, verse 10. Now the prayer starter, Holy Spirit, when my mind wanders away from your truth, please speak to my heart and remind me that the past is the past and the future is bright. Please give me a glimpse of what lies ahead so I can press on toward the higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Father, we thank you this morning. You are a good, good father. We honor you. We honor you and we look to you. You are the ultimate prophetic solutionist. We look to you. We're not going to look to the world for answers. We're not going to look to physicians for answers or lawyers for answers. We're not going to look to scholars for answers or scientists for answers. Yeah, they may have some answers, but they can even only have answers that you give them when they're operating in truth. It's your truth that you reveal to them, even if they don't know it. But we want to look to you. We want to get our revelation directly from the throne room. We don't want to have secondhand revelation like Eve had in the garden that allowed her to be deceived. Catch that. We don't want to have secondhand revelation. We don't want to depend on other people, oh God, to give us revelation. Adam told Eve not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but somehow Eve didn't have the clear message. She had secondhand revelation. She had added things to what God said that God did not say. And it was Eve, according to Paul, who was deceived because she had secondhand revelation. Adam chose to sin. He wasn't deceived. He knew what he was doing. It was Eve who was deceived because she had secondhand revelation. God, we don't want secondhand revelation. We want revelation from the Father. Jesus told Peter when he announced that Jesus, that Christ was among them. Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In other words, this was not secondhand revelation. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. This was not secondhand revelation. You didn't hear it from John the Baptist. You didn't hear it from your brother. You didn't hear it somewhere as a rumor. You didn't imagine it. This revelation came from the Heavenly Father. So, Father, we praise you today because you are the source of firsthand revelation. And you want to tell us things directly. We don't have to depend on all these prophets to tell us what we need to do with our life. We need to depend on you. We need to depend on you. We need to depend on you. First and foremost, we need to be so dependent upon you, God, 
that we're not chasing other voices. We're not craving that prophetic word. We're not hoping the prophet will pick us out of the audience to prophesy because we have such an intimate relationship with you that we are receiving firsthand revelation on a continual basis of what we should do on this day, what we should do about our future, what we should do about our job, what we should do about our kids, what we should do, what we should do, what we should do. Firsthand revelation. So we praise you. We praise the God of all revelation. We praise the God of firsthand revelation. We praise the God who gave us his word, his scripture, the Bible, to teach us day by day, to illuminate principles and practices from verses and chapters that make a way for us, that make our path straight. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. God, would you help us today as we praise you? We lift you up. You are the word made flesh. You framed the world with your words, O God, according to Hebrews. You framed the entire universe. You framed it all with your word. (laughs) You created us. And you continue to create. So, Father, help us today to understand the power of our words and give us a revelation Give us a revelation, God, a firsthand revelation of what you want us to do today. Give us, oh God, a firsthand revelation of what you want us to say today. Give us, oh God, a firsthand revelation of what you want us to pray today. Oh, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need fresh revelation today. We we need to know which way to turn today. We need to know who to avoid today. We need to know what to say today. We need to know what not to say today. We need to know, oh Jesus, so many things, so many decisions that we have to make every single day. They're not all life altering. They're not all life changing, but some of them are. And God, we don't even recognize or realize that some of the decisions that we're making today that seem like small decisions are really big decisions in disguise. Some of the decisions that we're making today that we don't meditate on, that we don't think about enough, that we don't pray about at all. We just charge forward. We didn't acknowledge you. We didn't ask you. We didn't consider you. Some of those things that seem like little decisions today are really big decisions. These little decisions affecting our life in the future because we didn't realize or recognize the gravity of that decision. We need first-hand revelation today. God, we don't want to chase prophets. We don't want to be prophet chasers. We want to be God chasers. We don't want to mess up the next year of our life because we couldn't take time to sit in your presence for five minutes and listen to your voice today. We don't want to take the wrong job because it looked good, but we didn't ask you. Now we're miserable Because we thought this was our dream job and it's a dread job. We dread going there every day. We wake up every day and we hate it. It's not the dream job. It's the dread job. It's not the job we dreamed of. It's the job that we would come to dread. We don't like it. We hate it. The people around us, they're nasty. They're mean. They're trying to pull us down. They're lying on us. And we never asked the Lord if we should take that job. And now our life is for the worse instead of for the better. Jesus, help us to make a course correction today by pursuing your heart, by pressing in to first-hand revelation. We can't live on second-hand revelation anymore. We can't live off an online sermon every week, but without any personal relationship with you. 
We can listen to all the podcasts in the world. We need firsthand revelation from the throne room about our life. I know, God, you can use teachers to confirm things for us. You can use teachers to bring aha moments. I know, God, that you can use prophets to bring a right now prophetic announcement that changes our life, something we just could not see. I know that you use other people to break through and deliver revelation, but it's still firsthand revelation to us when it came directly from you. And so many times we just seek revelation, opinions, advice. We seek advice. We seek counsel. We seek prophetic words. We seek prayer. We seek all these things. God, would you help us today to seek first your kingdom? To seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else you need will be added to you. I promise you, beloved. I guarantee you, beloved, that when you seek first the kingdom, when you seek the righteousness of God, when you avoid strife, when you avoid the petty arguments, when you avoid the competition, when you avoid the jealousy, when you avoid the comparison, when you seek him and stop seeking all these other things, you will have the firsthand revelation that you need. You might not ever hear a thing, but you'll find that your steps were ordered to the right place at the right time. Maybe you didn't hear a still small voice. Maybe you didn't get a a trumpet blowing and an angel visiting you. (laughs) Maybe you didn't get any kind of assurance at all, but somehow God will order your steps. I promise you he will do it. You will just feel it's the right thing to do. You will just kind of know. You will have an unction. You will have an urgency. You will just go that way. That is God giving you firsthand revelation. I think some of these revelators and supernaturalists have made things so nebulous and so confusing for so many Christians because There are some who teach that we're just supposed to live in this realm where everything just comes to us and angels visit us and and, and all of these things just fall in our lap and it's not that way. Most people don't live on a glory cloud. Most people don't live in a realm where they never have warfare or they never have questions, where they're never confused, where they're never feeling like they don't know what. That's not, that's just not the way it is. And they've set these standards for us. And we think, wow, these are supernaturalists. These are revelators. They're so much better than we are. We need to learn from them. And oh, we need to learn from Jesus and those to whom he sends us, not those to whom we wish we were like. Would you help us, Lord, today? Would you help us, Lord, today? Would you help us, Lord, today to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness? to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness because you promised, you promised us that when we do that, everything else we need will be added to us. Help us, Lord, to adjust. Help us, Lord, to adjust our seeking so that we can adjust our seeing. Help us, Lord, to adjust our seeking so we can adjust our seeing. When we adjust our seeking, when we adjust what we're seeking after, our sight will clear up. I wish you could catch this. I'm talking to you by revelation. This is firsthand revelation for me. I pray that God will help you see this so that it could be firsthand revelation for you because I don't want you to merely take my word for it. I want you to see it for yourself because that is where the power is. When you see the truth, that truth will set you free.
Some of us need to adjust our seeking so that we can adjust our seeing. In other words, when we're seeking after the wrong things, we won't see other things right. When we're seeking just after money, we won't see other things in life the right way because we will see them through the eyes of opportunity, more money, let me get some of this, here's some greed. When we see things through the eyes of competition, we will think more highly of ourselves than we ought or we will think more lowly of ourselves than we ought and our seeing is wrong. When our seeking is out of order, our seeing is not correct. Our seeing is diminished. Our seeing is compromised. So, Father, help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness so that we can see what you've laid before us, the bountiful opportunities that you ascribed, prescribed, created just for us. Lord, we don't want someone else's opportunity. And sometimes we think we do. We think we want what somebody else has. We think we want that house or that spouse. We think we want that promotion or that raise. And we don't always understand all the things that go along, the responsibility that comes with what we think we want and how we could not really handle what we think we want and how you have something so much better than what we think we want. I wish somebody was getting it today. Are you getting firsthand revelation? Father, help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness so that everything else we need will be added to us so that we can see what you're trying to add to us so that we can agree with what we see so that we can believe and receive and walk in your promises, your great and precious promises for us. You are so, so good. You have so many unique promises and opportunities for each one of us. They're different. Help us to stop coveting what somebody else has. Help us to stop being jealous of what somebody else has. Help us, Lord, to be content with you and what you have for us because it is overwhelmingly good. It is greater than anything that I can see or ear can hear, or that our heart can even understand. Great is your mercy. Great is your grace. Great are your promises for us. Great are your blessings. They chase us down and overtake us as we seek you. So help us, Lord. Yes, cleanse our lens. Help us, Lord, to see what you have put before us and stop looking at what the devil has put before us. Stop looking at what people put before us. Stop looking at everything else God help us to keep our eyes on you we praise you we honor you this morning because you've given us a grand invitation <laughs> you have given us a marvelous invitation to seek you and you tell us in your word that when we seek you in the morning we will find you David said, early in the morning, I will seek you. How many of you know David found God over and over? How many of you know David walked in firsthand revelation? How many of you know David had an understanding of the love of God that was beyond what most of his contemporaries ever experienced? He had a revelation of the grace of God. He had a revelation, a firsthand revelation of the mercy of God. 
He had that firsthand revelation because of the intimacy that he cultivated through seeking. He was a seeker before he was a seer. So, Father, help us to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness so that everything else that we need, everything else you want us to have, everything else you've planned and purposed for us, everything else that is in your heart concerning our life can be added to us so that you can give it to us, so that you can trust us with it, so that you can delight in our prosperity because God does. He delights in the prosperity of his children. He delights in the prayers of the righteous. He delights in us when we are walking in the desires that he put in our heart. So we say yes. We say yes. Help us, Lord, today to remember to seek the firsthand revelation and to not neglect to acknowledge you in all of our ways so that you can direct our paths so that you can order our steps, so that you can show us things to come, so that you can make a way out of no way, so that you can make the crooked places straight, so that you can help us to overcome the obstacles on that crooked path while you're making it straight. You're a good, good father, and we acknowledge you. We love you. We thank you. There is no other God like you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's keep praying. I want to untangle some of these lies that maybe you're believing. The thing about lies is you don't know when you're believing them. The thing about deception is you don't know when it's on your mind. If you knew, you would not tolerate it, but you don't see what you don't see. And sometimes when we don't seek first the kingdom, the enemy comes in with lies. Sometimes we were raised in the world. We weren't always saved, and we have to renew our minds of the many lies we've been told throughout our entire lives. We want to untangle the truth twisting attacks that defeat your mind. See, a lot of what you're dealing with, they're not flat-out, bold-faced lies. It's just some truth-twisting, you know? If it was a black-and-white lie, you'd probably discern it. If it were just a straightforward, easy-to-see lie, you would see it. But the enemy loves to twist truth. That's what he did to Eve in the garden. We're back to Eve in the garden. He twisted the truth. He tried to twist the truth to get Jesus to bow down to him in the wilderness. But Jesus is the truth, and the devil can never twist him up. But the devil does take the word of God and twist it up, and the devil does tell us all kinds of things that cause us to live in less than God's best for our lives. Maybe he's telling you, that you are not worthy of God's love. I don't know. Maybe he is telling you that your sin is justified. I don't know. Maybe he's telling you that you'll never be happy again. I don't know. Maybe he's telling you that you can never succeed. I don't know. Maybe he's telling you that that dream that you have in your heart is impossible. I don't know. Maybe he's telling you that he's going to kill you or that he's going to do this or he's going to do that. Maybe he's telling you you're going to lose your job. Maybe he's telling you you're going to get sick. Maybe he's telling you, I don't know what he's telling you, but I know there's a lot of fear in the body of Christ right now. 
Maybe he's telling you the more stuff you have, the happier you'll be, except now you're in debt and you're miserable because you can't pay your bills. Maybe you're out there and you're listening to me and you don't know the Lord. And maybe the enemy is telling you that living a life of sin and partying is funner, more fun, more gratifying than living for God. That's a lie. These are all lies. Maybe the enemy is telling you that you can never forgive them, whoever it is. Maybe the enemy is telling you that you'll never get married again. Maybe the enemy is telling you that you'll never get out of debt. Maybe the enemy is telling you that you'll never be healed or that your prodigal will never come home. And it doesn't sound like the enemy. It sounds like you because the devil often talks to you in first person, not always, but the devil often talks to you in first person, not always, but he often talks to you in first person and you think it's your thought so you don't cast it down maybe the devil is telling you that you know, your last marriage failed and now you've got a, a new marriage and it looks like it's a little shaky maybe the devil's telling you your next marriage is going to fail maybe he tells you that it's okay to act that way that you can be emotionally led I don't know what he's telling you but he's twisting things up in our minds he's got all of us on a line somewhere I believe that all of us are believing some kind of lie. Why can I say that? How can I say that? Because I believe that if we weren't believing some kind of lie or weren't giving into some kind of fear, which fear is really a lie. It's a voice that's telling us something that's not true to get us to have an emotional response. If we weren't all believing some kind of lie, we wouldn't get frustrated or we wouldn't get angry or we wouldn't fight with each other. Or we would be walking in miracles, signs, and wonders. If we weren't believing a lie, we would be sharing the gospel more. Yes? If we weren't believing a lie, we wouldn't have so much strife in the body of Christ. If we weren't believing some kind of lie, we would have more confidence to go out and pursue that which God put on our heart. Amen? We would be more loving. We would be more patient. We would be kinder if we weren't believing a lie. We wouldn't be so Father in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, to help us to see those lies of the enemy that have ruined our relationships so that we can bring truth that reconciles. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to help us discern the lies that led us to the point of frustration, that led us or lead us or have led us or are leading us to the point of such discouragement that we just want to give up. Lord, help us to discern that lie because when we want to give up, <laughs> the devil's telling us, well, it's just easier. What's the point? What's the use? Why bother? These are subtle lies that discourage us, that give us, get us to give up. People leave churches because the devil lies to them and says, well, pastor doesn't like you. Pastor loves you. Pastor speaks to you every day after church on your way out the door, but the devil somehow has lied to you. Pastor doesn't love you, so you leave that church where you were just about to get the biggest breakthrough you ever had in your life. Help us to stop believing the lies of the enemy. Help us, Lord, to stop believing these lies because these lies, these lies make us angry. These lies frustrate us. These lies discourage us. These lies ruin our relationships. These lies cause us to spend money on things we cannot afford because after all, we deserve it. That's a lie. God wants you to have nice things, but you don't just deserve 
I don't just deserve everything that I want. We get in debt because we deserved that new car and that new house, and it was a lie. Yeah, God, you deserve nice things. Absolutely, you deserve nice things, but that's the truth twisting. Because you do deserve nice things, but it doesn't mean that you deserve everything. Some of you think that you deserve to be treated like a doormat. That's the lie you believe, that you deserve to be abused. That you deserve to be treated poorly. That's a lie. You deserve to be held accountable for your mistakes, but you don't deserve to be abused. Treated poorly. Manipulated. You don't deserve to be controlled. So we take authority over these truth-twisting tactics of the enemy and the bold-faced lies. We take authority over every lie of the enemy that we are believing in Jesus' name. We ask you, Lord, to help us to see. Come on. As we seek first the kingdom, help us to see the things that are not true so that we can stop believing them, so that we can reject them. Help us to be so aware of the truth and so infused with the truth and so guided by the truth that when a lie comes to speak to our hearts, whether it's through a person or whether it's through a demon, that we reject it full sale. Uh-uh, no, I'm not buying it. No, Moss Devil, I'm not receiving this truth. I know who I am in Christ. No, devil, I am worthy because the worthiest one of all died to make me worthy. No, 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 devil, you're not taking my marriage. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to be an agent of reconciliation and I'm going to root out every lie that you've told my spouse about me. We're going to have a talk. We're going to have a discussion. We're going to get help, but you're not stealing my marriage. We have to be aggressive truth seekers. We have to be aggressive peacemakers. We have to be aggressive unity dwellers because the devil is very aggressive. I said the devil is very aggressive in his assignment and we have to be just as aggressive about walking in love. We have to be just as aggressive about walking in peace. We have to be just as aggressive about walking in truth. So God, would you help us to help us to be so determined to walk in peace, love, joy, unity, that when people come to try to pick fights with us, when people come to put us down, when people come to tell us whatever, 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 that we don't buy it. We just keep smiling and keep walking. We thank you, Lord, today. We will not fall into the snare of the enemy, the discord, the strife, the hate, the unforgiveness, the rejection, the manipulation, the control. All of these things are lies of the enemy. We will walk in peace and love and joy and the fruit of the Spirit, all of it. Interceding for our enemies like Moses. I'm reading Exodus this morning and I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Moses willfully, with no arm twisting, Moses, with great urgency and immediacy, stood in the gap and made intercession for the greatest enemy of Israel in that time, for a man that wanted to kill him. Moses had to run off to Midian because Pharaoh was going to kill him. Now Pharaoh is getting the wrath of God through plagues and boils and gnats and flies and frogs and darkness. And every single time, Every single time Pharaoh said to Moses, pray for me that this will go away. Moses said, okay, I'll go pray right now. 
The intercessory prayer movement needs to catch a clue from Moses. Every time, every time Moses went back and prayed and then the Israelites out in the wilderness, all they did was grumble and complain. All they did was sin, make golden calves, bring back evil reports from the promised land. And God said, I'm going to start all over with you, Moses. I'm tired of these people. And Moses, again, what did Moses do? He interceded. He didn't have to. God didn't tell Moses to intercede for Pharaoh. Pharaoh asked, and Moses did it, and God answered. We've got to be those kinds of intercessors, amen? We've got to be that kind of intercessor that walks in mercy and compassion even toward our enemies, knowing that God has a will for them, and God wants to move in their life. He wants them to get saved and walk in righteousness, and as long as we're cursing them, See, Pharaoh's musicians, they were able to bring the same curses on the land that Moses brought. Frogs turned in the river into blood. The magicians, the false prophets, could bring the same curses, but they could not remove the curse. Only Moses could remove the curse through intercession to God. Go back and read Exodus. The magicians could do the same things Moses could do. They could invoke the curse on the land, but they couldn't remove the curse. It was Moses' intercession that removed the curse. So, Father, would you help us to be those intercessors, to be those intercessors, to be those intercessors who will pray even for those who are ungodly, who will pray even for those who, it appears, deserve what they get, who will pray for those who bring back an evil report, who will pray for those who complain and moan and groan. Would you help us be like Moses, who was the meekest man on the earth, that he would run to intercession and he didn't take delight in the destruction of Egypt. He wasn't like, see, there you go. He warned Pharaoh over and over, but he wasn't delighting in the destruction. So, Father, help us be those kinds of intercessors. Help us to seek you first, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, God is good. You can help us in one of three ways. You can pray for me, prayforjennifer.com. Or you can share this broadcast, especially those of you who are outside the, the nations, where all of you really, and help us reach more people so that we can help more people. You can sew at jenniferleclair.org slash donate. You can use the cash app, dollar sign, I am Jennifer LeClaire. Text the word pray to 754-701-2161. You can use the PayPal, paypal.me, paypal.me slash jenniferleclair. Venmo is at jenniferleclair. P.O. Box 30563, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33303. Check that out, awakeningprayerhubs.com. I love you guys. Thank you for being with me. It's been an honor and a privilege to serve you in intercession and fellowship with you online. I will see you on tomorrow. Have a great day. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. 
We have over a thousand members online, hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.